That probably means that we're alive, Michael. Hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast YouTube page and Twitch stream. Uh, I am, of course, Michael, and I have with me tonight three of the faculty members that attended a catacon this year and helped make a catacon a catacon. So this is going to be kind of a loosey-goosey show. We're going to talk about things that went well, maybe things we could change or tweak for next year. Uh, some of it high level. We might get into a few good war stories if we have any. But before I get any further, let's introduce the crew. Uh, to my virtual right, uh, stage left, is Tom. Tom, say hello, everybody. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing good. I'm trying really hard to look at the camera and not you. So just if I keep looking up I like know. that, that's because my monitor's up here and my camera's here. It can be hard not to look, <laughs> but, you know. I'm trying. I'm trying real hard, okay. Ringo. All right. And then below him, um, again, virtually, is uh, Brad. Brad, say hello, everybody. Hey, everybody. How you doing tonight? All right. And then to his left, right, below me, I don't know, is Ryan. Ryan, say hello, everybody. Hey, everybody out there in Internet world. All right, so this is the four we have. Obviously, there's a lot more faculty members and then some extended faculty that helped make a catacon a catacon. Could not have done it without them. Uh, but just Tuesday night, 9 o'clock, this is the, the people who were able to join the call. Uh, so, Tom, I'm going to start with you, actually, since this was your first year at a catacon as faculty. This is second year. Oh, but, but it's faculty? But, yes, but here's the thing. I'll give you this. Last year, I had just joined the faculty. So I was gotcha. kind of a fly on the wall observing everything. Okay, okay. So, yes. Man, so is it your faculty birthday? Because I swear I didn't think you had been a faculty that long. My, my apologies. No, I, a catacomb is basically his faculty birthday, I suppose you could is. say. Yeah, yeah, perfect. How about so, we, let's, let's hop, skip over me and come back to me because I'm still trying to see if we're actually live. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, so I'll then I'll go to technical stuff. All right, you you handle the technical okay. stuff. I'll jump to Ryan because unfortunately, scheduling be what it is, life being what it is. Ryan's had a had a had a truncated uh, catacon attendance, so you were only there on Saturday and then only for a few hours. So Ryan, what were your impressions of a catacon this year compared to years past? Any differences? Same? Just what was well, your overall thoughts? So I was I was there the whole day on Saturday. I mean, I think I left at like ten o'clock. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, we I, were there. I, I was doing the murder mystery for the last three hours. Were, I, I just yeah. didn't see you. Yes, you were. Yeah, no, I left. Um, we left at right about ten o'clock, and I say we because this is the first year that I got to bring my son. Um, a catacon has always been the same weekend as his birthday, and uh, it's always been a struggle for me to get there. He now can play games with us. He has uh, turned nine. He's been playing D&D with me at home for about eight months. Uh, he absolutely loves it. And he got to come to a catacomb this past year as a faculty guest, fa- you know, yeah. uh, dub faculty. He got his own T-shirt, the Z faculty. He helped out behind the table. Um, he absolutely loved it. And um, it made a catacomb this year more special for me. Awesome. Even though my I didn't get um, the full time there, I I couldn't have asked for more. He was thrilled on the way home, loved every second of it. Um, it I mean, I can't really say enough about having my own son there to, to play games with. Um, even though I lost every one against <laughs> him fairly, I did I did not cheat. Now I don't pull punches. Um, my wife and I both we don't pull punches with other kids when it comes to playing games. We like to win, and he beat me. Fair and square every game we played. 
Yeah, I'm so the same for him, way. it was awesome. For me, it was even better as a, as a dad getting my son involved with uh, a catacomb and games. Yeah, I'm the same way. I I don't let my kids win. Uh, you know, there there might be some times where I don't necessarily make the most strategic move that I could, but I never just let them win. So if they ever win a game, it's because they earned it. And Jacob, my youngest, has beaten me at checkers. Um, he's also <laughs> sometimes like if he's losing really badly, he'll just stop playing. But uh, he's really good at games and puzzles. Like it's it's kind of funny. Uh, but anyways, so th- this is going to make the flow kind of weird. But just because you brought it up. Uh, I, probably one of the biggest announcements for future years is we are going to have a catacomb again next year. Um, this is always a year to year decision, but this was probably the easiest year to year decision I've ever had because this year went so remarkably well as in, in my view. Uh, but we're going to do it next year, the first weekend in November, which is the 6th, 7th and 8th. That does put us on the same weekend again as Metatopia. And this year, or that year, it'll be on the same weekend as Game Hole Con, I think, which is in, is that That's Wisconsin? in Wisconsin, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and there was a couple people that when, when made the announcement were, weren't thrilled with that weekend. I get it. I totally do. Uh, but if we can't move it any earlier uh, into October, because we have both Con on the Cob and Sin City Con, which are both in Ohio, so very close to us, and then the weekend after, in my opinion, it's just too close to Thanksgiving. If we go uh, to the other side, we also will lose Contessa. They can't attend if we do it that, that next weekend as well because they have commitments to a local con. Um, so it's not perfect, but again, it's never been perfect. We had the same discussion literally every year, um, and that's just the way it's going to be this year or next year is November 6th, 7th, and 8th. Uh, so hopefully for the vast majority of people, that's totally cool. Uh, if you're one of the few that now has a really tough decision between a catacon or somewhere else, I appreciate the dilemma. I understand if you if you need to go somewhere else, uh, but really, it's just it doesn't make sense for us to move it to a different weekend with all of those factors combined. So, with that out of the way, we'll go to Brad. Yeah, but I will point out what's that? that I was going to say. I will point out that we have remained pretty steady. I think the last couple of years, it's between four and five hundred attendees, which is Kind of what I mean, kind of a sweet spot. We'd like to have more, obviously. Right. But, I, um, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't I know that it's that feasible. Spot, people are enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, we, we had over 450 unique attendees this year, which is our highest, um, ever. But if we can just keep that number, like maybe get to 500 every year, that's fine. That's great. Um, again, I'll, I'll jump to the spoiler here. We made money this year. Yay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and in fact, we made enough money that we offset the losses from last year. So a catacon is officially back in the black, uh, as a organization as a whole, uh, we are in the positive. Now that includes the fact that I don't pay any of you for any of the things that you do. And if I did, we would never get any money. Um, well, but it's, it's nice to know that we had a successful year in terms of people their enjoyment and financial short commercial break. Thank you for a berserker rage, giving us that follow in New York Tater, throwing us those bits. Those are my people are showing up. So anyway, yes, we are. This is such a lucrative endeavor that we have embarked on. And I cannot wait to bring home even more bank. Yeah. Tom's hype man skills need a little bit of work, but, but keep throwing Get them some buttons to work with their people. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got me beat. That's for sure. Right. So <laughs> let's, let's jump over to Brad then. So Brad, again, you've been there every year from, from the basement years. Uh, you're one of the OGs. So what yeah, did you think? Of, years on me. 
what did you think about this year as compared to other years? Anything noticeably different? I had a blast. Uh, it was a great time. Um, this year, I, we still had, you know, it was such a great vibe. We still maintain that, what I what we call the Akatakon vibe, of, which is just, you know, I don't know, the only way we can quantify it is hanging out with your best friends in that kind of small enclosed environment and playing some games. Um, it's uh, it's great. Uh, definitely um, this year, uh, we I think we still got that. And, uh, you know, as far as differences... Um, man, everything went really smooth. It did. <laughs> I'm still like afraid. Like we've forgotten something. <laughs> like there's, we're gonna get a letter. Like, oh, you forgot this important thing. But because everything just, there was almost never any fires. Which mm-hmm. is again every year, even last year, the report went which went, went well. There were still fires. There were things that happened that were like, oh god, we gotta deal with this now. We didn't have any of that this year. The 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 biggest fire that we had. <laughs> was leaving on Sunday night. Um, I had sent an email earlier, like maybe like two months before the event to the vendors, letting them know that they could move out between four and 8 PM. And then the DCC and I changed that. And I was supposed to leave by six and I didn't tell the vendors and all but two of them were out by six anyways, but there were two that were still there. And I was like, I'm so sorry, but you, you know, you guys have to get out of here like right now. And they're like, uh, I thought we had till eight. So like, I don't have a ride here yet. Um, so that was our fire. There's nothing we could do about it. I still left uh, Michael and Brad stayed with me to the very end. I think we left like right at six 30. They were mm-hmm. still there, but there was, I mean, there was really nothing we could do about it other than I'm getting a bill from the DCC. I have to pay a stupid amount of money for security having to stay an extra hour, even though they only stayed 15 minutes uh, past seven. Uh, but even with that, we're still good with the money situation. It's stupid amount and how much it is, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much, if that makes sense. So I'm sorry, I totally railroaded you there, Brad. If that's the least of our fires this year, I think all of us can take a a sigh of relief. Um, I mean, hey, it's taken us seven years to get there, but we finally got a smooth (laughs) con for not only the attendees, but finally for, for us as faculty that run the show. Um, that kind of keeps things uh, flowing. Yeah, it was definitely all around pretty well positive. But again, Brad, I, I, I kind of jumped in there. Anything else no, you want to no, talk no, about? That was great. So uh, what would be your favorite of moment? Was it the game you ran? Was it a game you played? Was there a, a time where you're like, man, I'm so glad I'm here? Hmm. I, uh, you know, honestly, some of my favorite moments are it just – hanging out with you know some people at the front desk um talking to some people that you know i only get to see at a catacon or uh, man i just love that barbecue place <laughs> it's so good i no, went there, there three times games. this year i think oh my word <laughs> <laughs> no uh, yeah there were some definitely great games I, I played in um i didn't run anything this year which was the first year i didn't run something at a catacon still feel a little weird about that but it's all good 
Uh, you got to be the the guard captain in the murder mystery event again. Uh, basically, cool. everyone repri- reprised their roles as NPCs except for Marty, who was sick. But we had an amazing fill-in from Jake, who's part of the Tom's uh, Wednesday, uh, bi-weekly Wednesday game. He did a phenomenal job as well. Um, yeah, talk about coming in clutch. Like when you're re- <laughs> Marty's good, and then when your bench is also that good, <laughs> like you can't stop it. You know? Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty fantastic. Which again, probably the highlight of of the year for me again was that event. It was, oh, I, I do need to uh, change that. That that was definitely the highlight. Sorry about that. No, that's totally fine. Uh, so I guess Tom, we'll, we'll circle back to you finally again. So this is your second Catacon, but was there anything that you noticed drastically different from years okay, past? Just to clarify for those out there, you know, second Catacon as faculty, but I've been here since the lodge. Yeah. Right. So I'm going back, not as far back as Brad or Ryan, but. I was there at the No, lodge. I actually I think that was my first uh, my first account okay. too was a lot. But yeah, so second year as faculty. It was just as fun as all the previous years because I got to play in some games, I got to run some games, and that's why I originally started coming to a catacon. So and I also get to hang out with my regular gaming group. So it's fun to just I see these people all the time, but it's always great to see them more and uh play games with everybody see all of my internet friends which is still i i'm still so awkward about it which is like hey you i know your twitter avatar and that's kind of the that's kind of it uh got to meet so many new cool people that were there this year so overall it was a it was a blast i I, I don't see I don't see short man Ian in the chat right now, but he owes me big time for stepping up and taking his game on Friday morning that he was unfortunately not able to be there. But it turned out so Michael, day one. All right, day one. Michael, this is why we don't have fires. All right, because you surround yeah. yourself with all of us. All right. That's 100% <laughs> true. Yes. No, so, so Michael's like, I, my goal for a catacomb is not to play Dungeons and Dragons. All right. So, because there's all these crazy cool games. And Michael looks at me and he's like, hey, Tom, it's 9 a.m. on Friday. Can you run Dungeons and Dragons? I'm like, okay fine (laughs) but it was so cool it wound up being one of my favorite games of the weekend i was playing with the dungeons and detentions folks Mm. um got to hang out with got to hang out with matt cool a bunch and so that was an absolute blast so overall i mean just another great convention and the way you said that makes it sound like i was a lot more uh approachable and and maybe i'm demure it was more like tom i need you to run a game yeah, now you, you yell across <laughs> the table i'm like what it's no okay yeah i was no. like tom can you run a game right now and with no prep and you're like yeah so, i can yeah it worked out and, so. to, and to be fair that i i know there are other people i think maybe was ryan a maybe rocky but this has happened like almost every year yes where somebody's game didn't go i look around at the table i'm like who can run a game right now and everyone we've always had someone step up oh it's um, so funny it was so funny though because when you start saying that there's like i saw like three people kind of go like this <laughs> jared's jared starts to walk really quickly away so, and, and I'm, I'm right back in I'm, 20 minutes. i'm still new so i'm just like hey hey guys hey how's it going mike's like he's he's his hunter vision sees me and comes and grabs me. all right so anyway yeah it was yeah. an absolute blast got to play all sorts of cool games 
Yeah, and then again, you were also an NPC in the murder mystery game. You yes. were the butler. Reprising my role. And you got a name this year, right? You you were the butler last year, and this year, Grisham? Grisham. Grisham? I was Grisham. Grisham. Was, that was Jake. I was like, Jake, I need a British name. He's like, Grisham, you're Grisham. I said, oh. <laughs> anyway, that was that. Yeah, but uh, again, it was absolutely a blast. Um, so I, I ran three events this year. Uh, Friday night, pretty much I always run Scooby-Doo Dread. Saturday night, now the last two years has been the murder mystery. And then on Sunday, I ran a, I'm going to call it a play test, but that's much, uh, the words don't match exactly what this is, um, of my, the game that I've been tinkering with for a while that is just an excuse to roll D12s. Like, that is all it is. It's a, it, was, it started as a joke, to, so I wanted, because I wanted an RPG that rolled D12s, and that's all you, basically all you roll in this game, you roll a bunch of them. Uh, but it went really, really well. Uh, it made me really happy, and, and I think what I said to a couple people afterwards is I still don't know if it's a good RPG. I don't know if it makes sense as a game, but it's a good, fun facilitator. Like the four people at the table and myself, we had a great time with it. But again, I don't know, was it, it, it all because of the rules or was it just because we were mostly improv and making stuff up? So I'm still tinkering with it. I'll probably will run it maybe even at Gen Con this year as a play test. And we'll, we'll see how I feel when it gets closer. Uh, but yeah, all three of my events went really well, had a good time. Um, I didn't get to play in any official events, but we did play a couple games at the tables, like while it was kind of slow. And then back at the hotel, I got to play a couple games with the people that shared our hotel room this year. And that honestly, that's another big um, bonus for me is the uh, the hotel hooked us up with a suite this year um, because we bring them so much business through you know people getting rooms there for a catacon. So we got a comped suite. So we had the two queen size beds. And then we had a whole other room that had this big table in it. It had a huge floor space, had a pullout couch. So we had a ton of people in there, basically all the faculty that wanted to jump in did a couple of you got your own rooms just, you know, cause you had the money or you didn't want to share or whatever. Uh, but it was great. And it was a lot of fun. So I really appreciated that. And it had, had its own refrigerator. So I got to get some L8s. I actually yes. got to drink three L8s while I was there. Too. Yes. I did not want to share. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, your role's room had so much room for activities. It did. Like a lot. So I missed out yet again on yeah. that. One of these years, one of these years, one of, one of, one of I, these years, I won't have to uh, migrate back and forth. So, so, but so again, it went very, very well, but very, very smoothly. Uh, probably the biggest thing for me in terms of not, not freaking out was using that tabletop.events website. And I want to be very, very clear. Rowett went out of his way and really helped us out two years prior. He basically wrote that program himself. He's a single developer, and it did what it was supposed to do, but it didn't do it well. And we switched this year to this, basically, it's a professional website. And because I wasn't having to deal with issues with that website multiple times every day that was probably the biggest reason why i wasn't stressed out because the year before that that caused a lot of headaches where people weren't able to get in so i i was getting emails two or three times a day where i would have to stop what i'm doing log in as them change their password send them the password through email and this was all while i was working a regular full-time job and i was sneaking and doing this on the side so it was just so much stress 
yeah. that I didn't have this year because of that that site specifically. Yeah, tabletop events was huge. I, the Fandibles, the Fandible podcast, their review went up today. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks so much for that, folks. And yes. one of their big things was they talked about the tabletop events site. We did some testing back with the Catacon line, and then over the summer we were playing with it. And it really was. It was a very intuitive system to use. Everybody just loved it because you could do all sorts of cool stuff share schedules with other people there was wait listing features notification features if people dropped out of games that you wanted to get into um really simple sorting tools so overall the administration stuff made it really easy Mm -hmm. somebody said hey i'm looking for this type of game and we could just find a game for them right off the bat so yeah, the, probably the, the the biggest thing that it didn't do that I wished it would is we couldn't create an admin account to let us buy tickets for people um, because it just that the, the system wouldn't let you do that because it won't let you have conflicts, mm-hmm. uh, which which the old system road had would we had an admin account we could just go okay there's a ticket seat open I'll buy it as me that way it's yours um, so what I started doing is I, I would go in and I would just change the number of seats available by one or two like however many people there were. So the game showed that it only actually had three seats and was supposed to have five, and that way I could send two people to the table and it wouldn't be no conflicts, which is not an ideal solution. It worked last year for what we needed to do, but I think that's one of the things I want to try and improve. Um, and we actually, I brought a laptop that was supposed to be public-facing, like log in as yourself, you can do everything here, buy your tickets, whatever. Uh, and then it wouldn't boot up. It was something's damaged. Like it just won't get off the loading screen. So that probably would be one of my biggest do difference for next year is make sure we have enough laptops. I want one public facing so that they can just log in and do it themselves. Oh, we lost Tom. So then, all right. So Brad, I'll go back to you. Was, is there anything that you can think of that would not necessarily that it was bad this year, but like would be an improvement or you think would be helpful for next year? Nope, we got it nailed down. Let's move on. Everything's perfect. <laughs> no, so I missed the question. Incorrect. What was, what was, what was, what was the question? What did we, something that we needed to do differently? Yeah, so not that anything went went bad, but what can we improve on? What, what can we do differently or what can we tweak or what can we not do? What are some ways that we can improve the experience either for ourselves or for everyone like the attendees? What can't, because again, food at the DCC sucks. I know that. I've said that every year. We can't change that. Mm-hmm. So there's no point in dwelling on it. I, but what are the things that we can control that maybe we should tweak or change for next year? So I would love to. We, we've had convention. We, I mean, we had, um, we've had panels. We have live streams. But one of the things that people always point out why they love a catacon from a podcast and industry perspective is that there's so many other podcasters, small folks, um, lar- larger people, people like us who are just doing it to, you know, have fun and, and meet people and teach people some stuff. But it would be really cool to kind of, basically add another facet to our panels and almost provide almost like networking events, more, some workshops, just offering some more diverse sort of events that people can sign up. Yeah. Again, I think that was mentioned in uh, Billy's review from Fandible uh, that there's so many podcasters and it is, I mean, you can't throw a stick in a catacomb and not hit a podcaster. Um, so, you know, and that's a simple thing we can do. We can just put on the schedule Saturday, 12 to one podcasting meet and greet. Like just, if you have, if you have a podcast or you think about starting one, just show up, do a mixer, try to get some advice. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about is, you know, we have the pronoun ribbons now, which I'm a big fan of. I'm glad we can provide those. 
uh, and I don't want to like, this is going to be like a cheeky ribbon. I don't want to like feel like I'm demeaning one because of the other, but I want to have a ribbon that says, ask me about my podcast. So that like on your badge, it basically calls out, yes, I'm a podcaster and I'm happy to talk about it. So whether it's a, a sticker or just a little check mark or a ribbon, I just think that'd also be kind of funny because we have so many podcasters yeah. that ask me about my podcast ribbon. Yeah. And I think it's the, one of the things is nobody has ever, we all know what we're doing. We understand that we're all hosting hobby podcasts. And so nobody is ever super pretentious about anything. They're all, nobody's like, yeah, I host this podcast. Nobody does that. So it's really, it's just kind of funny when you're sitting around a table and everybody's about to play a game and, I'm just my instinctive first thing is like, all right, everybody share your name, um, just a little bit about yourself. And everybody's just kind of like, um, yeah, my name's Sarah. I have a podcast. And then it's just like everybody's, yeah, Tim, I have podcasts. And it's just kind of <laughs> like, it's just, so it's, it's this kind of thing. So just letting people know that, hey, this is something that we want to allow people to just talk about more workshops you know that kind of stuff i think that would be something cool to potentially throw out there a year and see how it goes and maybe build upon it and again that's very easy to do it doesn't take a lot of manpower we just set a time and schedule it and let people know about it so uh that's pretty easy uh so ryan again you were there saturday mm -hmm. but was there anything that you would think we could do differently next year to improve again for us as the people facilitating or to the attendees um well, the the first thing I noticed is I really so I brought my dice my dice tray because I've learned that everything in the the DCC echoes greatly. Um, so this is by far just a ridiculous thing, but some type of table cover. Um, and that's that's being nitpicky, really, because it's just a lot of extra money. Um, more than likely, and, and it is, and, and I don't want this to turn into a "that's a good idea," but let me tell you why you're wrong situation. Uh, but I have looked into that, and it is—it's a money—it's a money situation. Uh, the DCC does not provide tablecloths; they basically tell you this is who we would use if you want to rent them. And the price that was quoted is five dollars per table per day. So essentially, you'd be adding fifteen dollars per table, and we have roughly a hundred tables. So yeah, hundred times fifteen—that yeah. would basically take away all of our profit, and then yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's not feasible at our size. Um, you know, maybe I could look at next year doing a, a, like, if you want to sponsor specifically tablecloths or provide, like if you have your own, you can you provide us as your company's logo or something. I'd be, you know, I, I, I can find some way to offer it subsidizing the cost. I'm all for it. Uh, but me personally, this is a Michael thing. I like not having them. Because uh, I'm that person at like Gen Con that's always like trying to pull them up because I'm stepping on them or I just get my feet caught in them. I, I lose my stuff under the table. So I'm actually a fan of not having them. So it's just a Michael thing that it's not a big concern for me. But if enough people bring it up, you know, maybe we budget for it next year or we just, you know, we, we try to find a way to make it work. Maybe we do some and not others. I don't know. Well, and, and that's my, my one kind of nitpicky thing. That's just me. Um, but uh, honestly, I go along with uh, Tom and, and the podcast bit. Um, there's, I think there's two things that we could potentially offer, but we'd have to get people on board. Is one, uh, a lottery system to have um, podcasters run a game that will air on their podcast. Um, for non-podcast people that come, they can mm -hmm. enter a lottery and maybe play a game with, with that group. And I think that would be something easy for one or two podcasting 
um, people to run. Uh, a second thing would be like a, um, a regular trivia night, like on Saturday night. You don't want to run a game. You've been playing all Friday, all Saturday morning, afternoon. Um, get a get maybe a, a small um, room, whether it's at the DCC or maybe even connect to the hotel, um, and see if somebody wants to run nerd trivia. Um, well, we, I mean, we usually have geek wars. Um, yeah, I know we did that. We did yeah, that. They weren't there this well. year. Yeah, um, so maybe that's why it kind of. But I think that would be fun. Something different for a lot of people. It's also um, can be very social um and gets a lot of people doing something just a little bit different outside of their outside of realm so you're not sitting down the whole time or something like that um other than that i mean no complaints again um i didn't hear any complaints everyone was was happy everyone seemed excited um i think it went really well i was like i said i was there all day on saturday um and just amazed at how uh it took us a while to get there <laughs> But um, couldn't be more pleasantly surprised that it was so smooth for everybody. Yeah. Um, well, and again, just to kind of piggyback, like the nitpicky things, like because it was so smooth, I was able to look at things maybe more objectively than in the past. And, and I'm trying to find small tweaks. Um, and like, well, one of the ones we talked about was every year I basically bring my entire game library and RPG books and, and this is anecdotal, but I don't think hardly anybody checked out any of the RPG books. Oh, um, oh I, I did. I know. Oh, I, I did. Well, a couple people may, might have checked out a couple of the books, but I just think, from like a standpoint of labor and the amount of time it takes me to pack those up, haul them there, unpack them, display them, repack them, I don't know that that's a good return on investment. So maybe next year I pick and choose and bring a few, but not all of them. I think you could probably get by with that. If you ask, I think if you ask around enough people, somebody's going to come up with us, you know, Hey, I, I want to play faith. Um, I get, I bet if you ask around, somebody's played that or somebody's got the book hanging around, uh, maybe that they brought with them that, that you would have to, you, you wouldn't have to, to bring that every time. No, no, no. I want those books there <laughs> because, <laughs> because this year, Michael asked me to run a game. I don't know if I told you all this, and um, it, it may have come up. Yeah, it may have come up, and I'm like, uh, I don't have any D and D books. And Michael's like, Hey, well, we have D and D books over here. And I was like, Okay, no. And also, I just like having them there. It makes me feel good, like around all these books, and I get to like pick up books that I I want to get, but I know I don't have the time to run this because I just started another campaign. Right. So it's cool to flip through some of this stuff. But yes, I and, understand. And but I, I agree with you because that's the reason why I, I brought them to begin with is I is this is an RPG convention. Obviously, board games are a big part of it, uh, but I want this to be an RPG convention. So I think it kind of makes sense to have those out there. But I'm just from the standpoint of how much they got used versus the amount of effort involved in transporting them there. I'm not sure. And then the other, so the other side of that is the same thing with my game library. I have some duds in, in the library. I don't think anyone has ever checked out in like the last five years, maybe I don't bring all the games this next year. You know, maybe the couple of the ones that I just, no one ever uses, I don't bring, or we throw them in like a prize pool and get rid of them or something. Um, so I don't know. I just, I'm trying to find ways, obviously, again, full disclosure, I had a herniated disc, which I have re injured. Um, so I was not able to pack anything into the van. My wife had to do all of this. So there was probably some like, 
how could I not have as much stuff to carry in my mind more so than in years past? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man, I bet she's got a tally count going for you after oof. that. Yeah, and again, some of the bigger boxes she couldn't even lift either. So her sister had to come, and those two together got like the last three or four boxes in. And the heaviest boxes are the RPGs. They're they're small boxes, but they're freaking heavy. Uh, so that was definitely a, a thought going through my mind: is maybe this wasn't the best idea. So I don't know. I'm again, I'm not saying we're going to do anything, but th- those are things that I'm thinking of for next year. That that's a Michael thing. That's not really going to change people's experience other than if they're the one person who really would have wanted to play sequence <laughs> because i had that game for some reason yes so regarding the rpg books do you think that the reason that they're not checked out and taken to play is because there's a you know there's a significant difference in an rpg and a versus a board game um, rpgs require some more setup to them and you know the gms have to do a little bit of prep Unless you're just gonna, you know, run something off the off the cuff, and, and that can be harder to do for for some games, or particularly for games that you're not as you know, you, you maybe aren't aren't as experienced with. Do you think that maybe if we were able to provide like for a, a select, I, I don't know, just spitballing, maybe like a, a selection of scenarios or, or or something like that for some of the more popular RPGs that people can pick up and play, like maybe more more along the lines of those quick start rules or things like that well, that would so, be more useful for people? So in, in my mind, there, there are two types of people who will mm-hmm. potentially check out the RPGs. One are the people who want to run it, and that's why I try to get as many of those like quick start games as I can. I, I have the or the starter set, so I have the Star Wars one, I have the Legend of the Five Rings one, I have Pathfinder, D&D, 4th edition, and 5th edition, and I think there's a couple more floating around, the Numenera. Because those are the types of things that are designed for someone who's like, let's try this. But, it, you know, it's got pre-generated characters. It's got a short adventure. And then the other people are the ones who are like, hey, I've, I've heard of Forbidden Lands. Let me just, like, almost like a library. Like, they're not going to play it. But they might just, like, take the book to a chair and, you know, flip through it for half an hour and look at it. And then maybe decide to buy it later. So those are the two audiences I, in my mind, that the RPG library serves. And I think there's completely different aspects like i think the starter sets make sense for those people i think just having the maybe some of the more obscure books are for the other uh but that's certainly something we could consider i know savage worlds has a ton of one sheet adventures mm-hmm. um or again we have a printer maybe we have a laptop we just tell people like hey you want to play that like like we can just set up you know quick links to all the random places where you can download uh those instant adventures because i just i don't want to like print them and have them there and then no one used them either. So now we've added to the workload of having to keep up and organize all these, and then maybe no one uses them. So not saying no, I'm just, I'm not sure the feasibility of it. But I agree with you that, like, it's not something where someone's going to go, hey, I've never played 5e before, let's do that. And they're going to go take the player's handbook, the monster's manual, and the DMG, and then go run the game. That's not happening. At least I don't think it is. No. So other than RPGs, we all kind of... Did everybody say what they what their favorite thing they played in was? Um, I didn't, but I mean it was it was, um, so um, my son and I played a couple of games, uh, board games, and I actually, um, disappointingly, had a game where no one showed up to. So that's my low moment, <laughs> uh, which is a first out of all the years I've been doing this. 
um, which disappointed my son because it was my Transformers game, and that's what he was actually going to Aww. play. Um, Sell harder, Dad. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> um, I have a feeling that the one that I had to cancel because of my availability changing was probably full. That one was, yeah. Love. Yeah, see, there yeah, you go. It was completely full because I was like, darn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, yeah, that's a, that's a real bummer. Um, however, the game that I did run my dungeons and dinosaurs, which is usually a hit at other conventions and at our, uh, monthly, um, game store nights that we host. Um, I've told you guys this story, but, uh, my son played in that one with, uh, three other people at the table. And at the end of the adventure, uh, he got to tame a dragon as a pet. Uh, and then the whole day, rest of the day, he was arguing with me. Is it is it just mine, or is it kind of like the whole parties because everybody lived? Oh. Uh, but I'm the one that got the final roll on it. I mean, and to their luck, no one's played this scenario that way. Um, but they did have three successful skill checks uh, in a row to to tame a, uh, a newly hatched dragon. Um, Official and, rules: uh, you split it. You split it. Yeah. yeah. You split yeah, the so loot. Yeah, so I was telling him, well, you know, he, you had some help. And he's like, yeah, but I kind of got the deciding vote. And I'm like, eh, <laughs> I don't know if it works that way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you, you can make that argument with a nine-year-old all day. Um, but, uh, you, I mean, it was cool because he, he got the role. One of the players at the table actually stood up and cheered uh, because <laughs> he had he had never done that, never seen that before either. Um, and he was thrilled. And, and And my argument for that is, you're at a convention run something a little bit out of the ordinary that a lot of players don't get to see mm-hmm. um you know how many players do you meet that have never faced a dragon the game is dungeons and dragons you you see plenty of dungeons you don't see a whole lot of dragons uh i run a mid-level campaign at, at level 10 so uh the guy I was talking to at our table said that he'd been playing the same campaign for two and a half years and they were only getting to level six that sounds like my kind of campaign yeah, I mean, <laughs> so you would you? I mean, you have you know you would have liked this guy, uh, or at least a DM, but yeah. um, you know, do some things out of the ordinary and, and have some fun with it. And uh, when my son rolled that uh, successful check, which was in like the mid twenties, which was ridiculous, um, j- just to have somebody cheer for him and have him so thrilled that that happened it was definitely my my best game. Now. Um, it's also good to, to have my son beat me in every board game we played. Um, but is, I mean, we are an RPG. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Board games are secondary. Uh, yeah. We are yeah. an RPG uh, convention and um, just having that moment, it, whether my son was the one that made the role or not, having someone at my table stand up and cheer because something great happened in the party to the players is always going to be a moment to remember. Oh yeah. That's, that's definitely highlight real material. Yeah. Um, so I want to go last here because I have a story to tell at the story. same time. So, so Brad, favorite game you played or ran? Favorite game I played and uh, ran? Well, um, favorite game, it's always a murder mystery. It's a ton of fun. But other than that, uh, Andy's Cold Steel Warden game. Great mm. time. Uh, now That's canon, kind of in the catacomb tradition add, as well. It, it is. Now, now canon that Killjoy does hot yoga in the morning. Well, yeah. Wow. Why wouldn't yeah. I? Nice. All right, Tom, nice you. Okay. So I already mentioned I, all the games are great, um, but the my two highlights, I got to run Nibiru 
for Quinn and Joe from Arms of Tide, and then um, several several other folks. Um, some of them who actually hang out over at Woodburn Games, and it was an absolute blast. I've been talking about this system for a long time, and I love it so much. And I finally got to run it for a group who really bought into it, which was super cool. So Quinn and Joe are absolutely amazing role players like it was it was amazing they just they dove right in and it was so fast i wasn't expecting i was like oh okay all right let's all right here we go this is what we're gonna do so that was super fun and then at a catacon i actually get to play games which is you know the perpetual gm over here but to get to play games is amazing i got to play ryutama which is a super cool game that's just about um you know, it's going on a journey. There's nothing crazy about it. You're no, like, there's not a whole lot of fighting. You're harvesting herbs in the forest and then going on a hike. And that's that's pretty much it. And it's just this really cool laid-back game. And I've wanted to play it for a long time, and I finally got to do it because that's one of the things at a Catacon. We just have so many games. And so that was a – those are my two highlights, getting to run Nibiru and then play Ryutama. Yeah, it's one of the things, because uh, it's come up before, I've, I've looked at our numbers, and I, I didn't for this past year, but I'm sure they're similar. But if you compare our event to other events about our size, our distribution of games is wildly more disparate than most. And again, I'm, this is a wild generalization. I'm sure there are examples out there that I'm wrong. But most of the conventions that I've looked at or participated in, 90% of the games, or I'll say 70% of the games, are either D&D in some form or Pathfinder, now in some form, including first edition Starfinder. For us, it's completely opposite. The vast majority of our games are not D&D or Pathfinder. I love D&D, still my favorite game, but I'm very proud of the fact that our convention highlights so many other games and gets them to the table and helps expose people to these other games. So that's something I'm very excited about. So I'm glad that you got to do that twice, once as a GM and once as a player. Yeah. Oh, you kind of mentioned too, we have got to get a, a shout out to the the Pathfinder Society. They showed uh, up so much this year. Uh, we have a huge, great Pathfinder community in Cincinnati. They all drove up, partnered with the Dayton folks, and their tables were just full. And I don't know if you realize this, so we have Joe Blumquest. It was there. Um, uh, but he's a local RPG designer and writes for Pathfinder. And so he's now being published in their their adventures. And so it was mm. – I know Joe from him helping me out over at Woodburn Games. And so it was super cool that he was able to come and run some of the games that he's written nice. for Patio. So Yeah, they uh, they definitely had were filling up tables. And then I'll give, again, just a kind of shout-out to our D&D side of that as well. I didn't think we were going to have D&D organized play this year. I kept reaching out, trying to get a hold of volunteers. And and it's kind of a thankless job. Again, at a Catacon, we don't give free badges, which most of these people that come are used to. If they run games for organized play, they almost always get a comp badge or something. We don't. That's not our model. It doesn't work for us. Uh, so it's harder to get people like, hey, do you want to buy a badge and then come here and offer this service for our attendees? Uh, so, you know, not everybody's into that. And then I had posted, I think on one of the Kickstarter updates that like, I'm just not sure it's going to happen. And then one of the community members contacted me. He's like, nope, we're going to do it. And they basically went out and recruited a bunch of GMs and kind of made them go. Um, so we did have some D and D organized play, but it was completely community driven. It was nothing that we did. Uh, and I just, that makes me excited as well that, that the people in the community were like, no, we're going to help make this work. 
too, because that's the only reason why this does work is because it's not just me and it's not just all of you because all of you do much more work than I do. But as a whole, it's not us. There's still so many other people that, that make it happen. It's kind of incredible. For sure. But here's my, my favorite moment, or excuse me, my favorite event. <clears throat> it's really close between the Action 12 Cinema playtest because it went so well and then the murder mystery event but i'm gonna give it to the murder mystery event just because it's such a big event you know a lot of people show up in costume it's it's basically a larp and it's also basically clue the movie larp which i love uh so it's it a really good time and i was so organized this year I, I have a i had a binder this year and i had all my papers and i had them listed and coded like by far i was more organized this year than last year but somehow in my organization <laughs> I neglected to include a location you did. that is very important to the game that it be found. And Tom, I'm, I'm going to brag on Tom here. Tom is a genius. Tom's a great improviser because he turned me, my absence into a positive. He came to me and goes, why, why is there no gaming location? I'm like, there is a gaming location. Like, you moron. And then I look up at the board and go, oh, wait, there's no gaming location. So I started flipping through my book. I had left it out. And, and, Tom is the butler, and one of the powers within the game is some of the people are noble birth, and they are able to influence the servants more and get them to confide more than they are supposed to to other uh, characters in the game. So Tom turned this into, okay, you've worn me down. I'm going to tell you about this secret location that's yep. not listed to that player. So it, not only it went from me being like a moron to an awesome aspect of the game where that person got to use their power and tom did it without missing a beat it was perfectly executed uh and i'm not going to say it saved the event because there are other pieces and parts but it kept it from being a disaster which it could have been in that moment if, if we hadn't found a way to turn around so tom thank you so much you're, you're welcome the way i kind of it's so funny when you told me what the butler kind of i'm just walking around and i'm almost acting like the way I envision this role is I'm a game master. When when I see like somebody just kind of standing there like scratching their head, you just kind of make something up so they kind of go in one direction. Yeah. Just kind of push them back. Funnel the them, game. you know, railroad them. No, no, it was <laughs> no, no, it was it was my um, favorite. Yeah. Oh my word! I, I like a good railroad. The the yeah. also I've the lawful and orderly crew. I mean, between Marty, I was so disappointed Marty not showing up this year, but just having oh my God. having those folks this year was just, they are hilarious. Oh Scott God. is an absolute, he is a thespian, all right? That yeah. is just. I, we really should record that some year, <laughs> just because it was, I mean, he did such, and everybody did such a great job, but like him in particular, uh, and then I don't, I apologize, I don't remember her name, but it's the lady who plays in Lawful and Orderly. She played uh, Sallowfield. Do you remember what's what's her name? I'm blanking right now. Oh, I'm so. Sorry. I just know I'm it's Nine of Swords on Twitter. See, that's what I'm saying. It's it's. But she also was one of. I was so impressed with her role play. Uh, and again, I got to give it up to our other NPCs, Lady McAllister, the chef. Like, like I think Brad, were you the one that told me that someone was honestly concerned about her oh, because yeah. she she was acting upset as her character and one of the players was like is she okay because she was so convincing that about being upset that they thought she was actually upset and it's like that's incredible oh this is the other great thing about the murder mystery is if you all watch our if you all watch our rpg um academy present show um jake is 
he is known for just him and Troy are always just attacking me. All right. They're, they just always are going after me. And so to just see Jake just get eviscerated by so <laughs> many people was, it was, it was, it was cathartic. I'm just sitting back there watching them throw these zingers and Jake just, he's usually somebody, he, he's super witty. He can, he can go with the best of them, but they all, everybody brought their a game this year and they went after him hard. And I appreciated it so much. And then I give a final shout out to Big Al, who's again one of our regular listeners. He's in on our Patreon. Uh, he played Elder Fane, and he <laughs> solved, solved the mystery. mystery. Yes, I, I don't think he was the only one that was there, but it was basically his turn and in, in character. And he just again, he's a lawyer in real life, and he presented it like, like it's like an episode <laughs> of Matlock, where he's just like laying out this and laying out that. And then within the mechanics of the game, it required the, the killer to confess. I mean, you could not have scripted a better ending to that game than what we had this time. So it was it was basically perfect. And there was cake. There was cake. There was. So it's all cool. Uh, one other thing I have to – this was the first year, I think, that we had a, some, a comic book writer – and then artists as part of vendors, which is super cool because I like to see people there with with art. And I had to go grab it because I, you know, mini Tom's Comic Corner over here, I I got one of the comic book issues, Cog and Flame. All right. And it is really good. Uh, I was, you know, just an indie comic book artist just showing up at a convention pushing books. And I went over there. And I was like, all right, I got to check out the book. And it was very good. So I was very glad to have them there. So I'm really hoping that they come back next year. Yeah, so. We had several new vendors, but most of our vendors are returning from previous years. Um, I didn't speak to every single vendor, but several I spoke to said they were having a fantastic year. Like they had made up their money on Friday and every the rest of the weekend was just gravy. And then a couple others were like, this was a down year for us. Like normally mm -hmm. we make a lot of money and this year we didn't. So I don't know what the, yeah. you know, what, what the factors are there. Uh, but I do think that, like our vendor fees are very reasonable for our size, yes. probably lower than they should be. Uh, but I want people to make money. If they're showing their as a vendor, I want them to be successful. So again, if you come in in future years, please go patronize the, not patronize, but patronize the, um, the vendors, give them some business or at least just go talk to them if they look like they're bored. All right. Hold on. New York Tater. He said, I showed that book upside down. I didn't show it upside down. All right, look, all right, he is upside down. Hey, I thought the same thing at first. So I'm like, I did too. I was like, like, oh, no, it's right yeah. upside down. Okay. All right. So speaking of chat, is there are there any questions from anybody who's in chat? Uh, New York Tater, again, I know you were there this year. Um, again, uh, I don't know. I, I don't have chat up in front of me. Tom's running chat, so I don't I see know who it. else is there. Uh, but if, there's, if you have any questions or any comments or anything you want to talk about, please uh, throw it in there. But otherwise, we're going to kind of start to wrap things up. Uh, so the next big thing for us is the faculty retreat. It's going to be the end of March. So March, I think 27th and through the 29th. Uh, and that is where all the faculty get to go. And we have a three day gaming event. That's just gaming. It's basically the best time of the year. It's like my Christmas all in, you know, every holiday rolled into one. <clears throat> um, and as has happened in previous years, I'm going to launch the Kickstarter the day we leave for that event. So that'll be March 26th. Uh, that way I cannot worry about it because I'll be in a car for now like eight hours, maybe even nine. Uh, so by the time oh. we get there, hopefully we'll be funded. 
that would be fantastic. So, uh, but other than that, that's basically all for me. So we'll go one more time around the table. Any last thoughts? And then we'll see if there's anything in chat. So Ryan, anything else from you this year, looking forward to next year, anything in particular, just words you haven't said yet? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I really, um, I don't mind the drive back and forth, but one of these years I would like to be able to stay up there the whole time. Just my schedule with two crazy young kids. Um, there's a spot on the floor with your name on it. Yeah, there you go. See, um, my car might just have to break down one night. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, no, other than spending even more time up there than, than what I have been in the past, um, is the only thing that makes it better that and if we could get some kind of like flashing neon signs to post on everybody's shoulders so that we all these people that, that follow us and talk to us and chat with us all their handles and their avatars if we could find a way to easily see that information like you know real life video game that would be fantastic because i'd like to say hi and give everybody a high five for coming and supporting sure. um, we're gonna have to add a stretch goal for the next kickstarter to build an ar app for uh you know catacomb yeah or come to the VIP event on Thursday because most of the people there are those people. Not all of them. But no, that's of them. true. I did miss that again this year. Not again. I, I've yeah. been for years, but I did miss it this year. Um, I will say, though, we could add a, um, like a meet and greet. Uh, like we do with ro- – we had that rotating sign with all the games on it. If you're a Patreon, if you're a VIP, if you're somebody important, um, <laughs> we could add a rotation with pictures in their name and say, hey, if you see me – Say hi. I'm this person, such and such. Um, maybe that would be one way to do it. I don't know. Seems kind of silly. Uh, you, you know, people may not want their picture taken or whatever. Yeah. But um, what, what I do think to... would be what we could do there is like a lot of the podcasters that come do live show. The Broadswords, Sacrosanct, uh, One Shot Onslaught. We don't ever do an RPG Academy event. Like if we could find a couple of volunteers to watch the desk for an hour, we could do an RPG Academy event where it's either like a live detention or a synergy session or yeah or like a game and then anybody who comes to that's probably people who like us and already listen to us and then we'd have them all in one room together we, we already Almost have like an acquisitions inc-esque game we were super disappointed we, we so next year we already have it planned jake troy and alex and myself we're doing an rpg academy presents Perfect. show well, then, yeah it'll be ridiculous Nice. All right. So, Brad, any final words from you about this past year or future years? I had a great time this year. It, you know, we look forward to it all year long. And, um, you know, I'm already getting excited about how we can make next year even better. Awesome. And, I mean, legitimately, I, I've said this to you personally and I've, on Twitter and Facebook, I could not do this without you. Like, 100%. Um, I know just as the face of the podcast and as the face of a catacomb, I get a lot of accolades when there are those that come to me. And most people mention and faculty, but, you know, unfortunately, you guys are kind of usually lumped together. I could not do it without you. It, it literally would not happen without all the support from you, whether it's working the desk, again, for free, uh, your time, your energy. Tom and Kaylee this year handled all the graphic design. Um even Brad Plogstad, who's just sort of like a, a friend of a friend of the show, did some graphics design for us this year, free of charge. Um, and then just, you know, literally just packing up. Like you and Michael stayed this year to the very end. The years past, it's been a couple other people with us. But 
literally could not happen without you. And, and if I don't express that enough, I, I am sorry. I hope that you know how much I appreciate all of you. Um, and I'm getting a little choked up. Um, a catacomb means so much to me. It, it is such, it is such my baby and I, I drive it with emotion, but as far as actually getting things done, if it wasn't for the other faculty, it, it would die. It would die on the vine. That would be it. Uh, so it makes me That's so excited. That's Michael being modest, everybody, because he <laughs> loves to he, he loves being hands on. Uh, to put it nicely, so don't don't let him fool you. Well, I just uh, I don't know. I, I really appreciate it. And I hope you know that, and I hope people watching now or come to a catacomb in the future they understand that this this is such a group effort. It is such an academy event, um, and I'm just excited that that I got people who care about as much as I do, if not more so in some ways, uh, because if it if it turns out it's just me, it's dead. Well, I think we all love the RPG Academy at this point, and uh, I, I for one, have wish I could dedicate more time. Yeah. I mean, again, you, you give what you can, and that's all I can ask. All right, Tom, take us home. Any last words from you before we go to audience questions and or wrap up? So I completely forgot about the biggest moment for me at a Catacon. All right. So I was sitting at the desk, and I'm – just a normal day somebody approaches me this dazed look on their face as they look in awe and wonder at this convention that is set before them and i say yeah welcome to our convention and they look at me and they're like i think i recognize your voice oh Oh, it was like i've but he's like i don't know your name but i think i've heard you before and that was it though that was it and i was like I was like, I was, I was floating away and I didn't, I was like, I almost didn't even give the guy's badge. Cause I was like, oh, no, 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 this was, it was a really, it was a really fun, it was just a really fun year. I mean, just being more, having a full year now as faculty, um, just now feeling more involved and invested was, it was really fun to be there yeah. and hang out. So that's cool. And I'll tell you that never gets old. Not not that I get it a lot, but I've probably got recognized by my voice five to a dozen times, and every time it makes my oh day. yeah. And I've got this. I, I'm super nasally. My voice is cracking all the time, but you know that's what they recognize. Yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's all it is. So, all right. So is there anything in chat people want to talk about it's, or questions? Well, so the few things that got everybody seems to want a live detention episode. So that may be a, we may have to do that. Then it sounds like a good plan. It makes sense. And then also New York Tater pointed something out. Um, He was just asking about um, if we had a chance to go through all the photos that his son took and big shout out to, I mean, that was, that was huge. I'm not sure if Michael's had a chance to go through all the photos, but you have got to thank him so much for doing that for us. Yeah. I, I started last night, um, I think I, I went through the first batch a little bit while we were there one day, but I didn't have a chance to look at any from Saturday or Sunday um, going through and not really organizing them, but just trying to pick out because again, the way photographs work, sometimes you get two or three, basically the same thing. So picking out the one I like the best um, and then I'm going to try to organize them. And then hopefully those can be uploaded. If not this week, certainly by the end of next week, I've also put out a call to anybody who was there and took their own pictures. I'll include those, but I'm hoping to have the, a photo library for 2019, uh, I forgot what year it was, um, uploaded within the next week or two so that they'll be all over the website. And then we'll probably pick out a few to use for like the, the front page 
for next year's event Kickstarter and that kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, the other thing. Um... Berserker Rage asked, um, is local to the area and was asking about, hey, what can somebody do who's local? And the biggest thing, spread the word at your local game stores and anybody that you that anybody that you know. I just tapping into the local gaming community within Dayton and Cincinnati is that's the next step for 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 growing a catacon. It's it was it was great to see all the people from Woodburn Games, our local game store down here that we run our monthly event at, who came up and talking to all sorts of people who were local to Dayton was really cool. So just continuing to let people know that hey, there's a gaming convention in your town in November. I mean, it's, and, it's huge. And, and that's the thing that's that's infuriating. Um, because I don't, I don't know how to fix that, but, li- but literally every year I meet someone who's like, I had no idea this existed. I'm so excited. I'm here now. And I'm like, I don't know what else to do to tell people in Dayton mm-hmm. or nearby that, it, that it exists. So word of mouth is yeah, hugely important. critical short of paid advertisement. I don't know that we, that we could do anything more other but, than physically the, going to the stores <laughs> and handing out flyers, which would be. Yeah. Uh, you know, a huge time burden on everybody. But we, yeah. we have done that some. Like, yeah. you know, I, I did the Facebook thing and I target basically anybody who's like 7 to 60, boy and girl who likes any sort of D&D or RPG. Like, I do the, the Facebook ad for them. Uh, you were last, on the news a couple years ago. Last year I was on the news and I was on um, radio and we did a, like a local newspaper thing. We didn't do any of that this year, but it didn't seem to matter. Um, so like, I've done what I know to do and what I can do. So if, if you have any expertise in that area, but the biggest thing is just, uh, um, evangelize it, tell people about it, uh, back the Kickstarter. If you can, I know, you know, some people don't want to buy a badge in March for an event in November. I get that, but it really helps us to know that we have those funds ahead of time. And that honestly, now that I think of it, that might be another reason why this year seems so smooth because our Kickstarter was crazy successful last year. We well overfunded. And that gave me the money I needed to do things beforehand. I wasn't like waiting for, like, I need seven people to buy a badge this week and then I can pay for the banners. I had a lot of that money ahead of time and it just made things a lot easier. Just like, you know, ah, I don't have to be stressing over the funds like I have done in years past. And like in last year where we lost money, where everything was like, I don't want to pay this, but I kind of have to. So anyway, I don't want to get too far in that, but but thank you for asking. Just tell people and then show them. Yeah, that's it. Cool enough. Well, with that, let's all everybody say goodbye. Thank you for watching and listening now in the future, and we'll see you next year in November. I'm just going to let you all keep waving. I haven't hit the button yet. I enjoy this. No, but we we almost forgot again, Michael. Don't forget, if you're having, having fun, fun, you're doing it right. right. Yeah. Well, and again, the catacomb, too, is gaming with friends, there old and new. All right. With that, we will leave you all. We'll see you. Oh, tomorrow. Don't forget, tune in, 9 p.m. We're going to be giving away a bag, Thulu dice bag, and some dice. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch. Watch the RBG Academy presents The Ghost of Salt Marsh. We bring you mediocre stories, but very good <laughs> jokes. So anyway, we will see you all then. Later. Awesome.